Welcome back, Quest fans, for more live coverage of the adventures that you crave. We've got a grudge match coming up later between the Rot Guts and Chaos Legacy, battling it out for a huge cash prize and sponsorship from Ithian Ironworks, leading makers of military-grade armor and weapons in all of Leone. The Dancing Brine is still waist-deep in sacrificial blood in the bowels of a demonic dungeon, but first, let's check in on our homeward-bound novice-ranked team, the Mortal Dawn, thought missing until just recently. Kip, can you do me a favor and never use the word bowels and sacrificial blood in the same sentence again? Yeah, I just ate. Well, I hope you're hungry for more, Storm, because we're serving up a steam hot plate of danger and intrigue as we follow our heroes through the lawless, blood-soaked city of San Baleares. I mean, it's not that bad. Sure, there's a lot of pirates and regular fistfights, but blood-soaked seems a little over the top. Well, I kind of like it there. Storm, I'm trying to build tension. Oh, 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 yeah, sorry. The sun sets on another evening in the deadly jungles of the Free Isles. The mortal dawn are strangers in a strange land and tensions are high. Will they survive the night? Will they find a way back home? Find out now on the League of Ultimate Questing. So our beloved team of novice-ranked quest professionals have been off the grid for a little bit. The Mortal Dawn found themselves trapped inside of a giant behemoth worm and magically transported themselves back to the main world. And during this time, they were missing in action. They have since exited the Underdark, traveled through a very old temple of a forgotten god, found some very strange mysteries in a massive globe clock that is counting down to something very mysterious and ominous, and found themselves in the Free Isles, uh, far off the coast of the mainland of Mackinar. They made it to the capital city of San Balieres. They engaged in some trade and soaked in the local flavor of this strange tropical portside town. Uh, very much economy based on piracy and illicit trade. Uh, they engaged in some business, and as the sun went down, the party woke up and the entire town turned into sort of an open market free-for-all of drinking dancing and music they got carried away in the crowd and had some fun did some dancing and listening to those songs before they encountered an old old friend of theirs <laughs> um, which leads us to the largest building in town which is a huge open market tavern called the iron plank this building separates the trade part of San Balearis from the wooden switchbacks that lead down to many cliff-face buildings and ships and piers. It is kind of the dividing line of the village, and it is a huge thriving tavern full of sailors and pirates and tradesmen from the Free Isles. At a very long and packed table, the Mortal Dawn is squished in with drinks in front of them, and sitting across from them is two very finely dressed, pompous and very dirty noble twins. Uh, Desmond and Delilah Salvadon. She is dressed very much like she has been trying to collect local flair, bright colors like the uh, local dancers wear. And he looks very much like a male little Bo Peep <laughs> in his traditional powdered wig and fine little tail coat um, with a big frilly cuffs under his chin and at his wrists that is just dirty as all get out uh, soaked with seawater and mud and sand from the beach and they have purchased you beverages and they are so elated at catching up with their favorite team the mortal dawn and they say, it's such a, a fine coincidence to see you here in San Belieres. We told you that we were going on vacation. We would have happily paid you to be our escorts. What have you been up to? We heard you were missing. Mm. We got eaten by a giant worm. Oh, yes, I saw that. That was very exciting. How did you survive, sir? I mean, the, the broadcast died partway through. Mostly murder. 
Oh, dear. Well, I'd love to hear all about that. How exciting. <clears throat> it wasn't that interesting. There were some people, and there was a worm, and then they were dead, and now we're here. Oh, dear. Well, we'll have to catch the play-by-play at Behind the Shield. I can't wait. Uh, so, there's a bit of a problem. Um, we're very much interested in returning to Lucinelli and our father, and we saved up a bit of our allowance to get a trip here. Nice little vacation, as it were. Uh, but it turns out we only invested in a one-way trip. We got the boat for you back. Did you lose the boat again? Oh, well, the Oaken Swan is a luxury vessel. It couldn't survive the Maiden's Hard Voyage to the Free Isles. It's simply for going out onto the pier and having a bit of fun. It's not a sea-bearing vessel. It's Perhaps your father should be buying you a second boat. Well, we've sent a hawk to father, but it's a very long communication between here and the mainlands, and I think it's time that we should find ourselves a new ship to get home. Uh, if you're interested in joining us, you could certainly uh, hop aboard. We could all travel together and spend time regaling each other with tales of adventure. Wait, first, they make boats that are not for the sea? I don't understand. Well, it will go on the sea, but it's not meant for long voyages. It's meant for dinner parties and playing games of piracy and things like that. What? Uh, I don't understand the surface world. Why do you do this? I don't know why they do this. <laughs> because they can. After the first boat disaster, do you really think their dad should be buying them any more boats? Somehow I don't think the man makes good financial decisions <laughs> where his children are concerned. It's well, never too late to learn. <laughs> well, we don't need to buy a boat, we just need to buy passage. And it should be so easy since we have a team from the League of Ultimate Questing. Do you, do you have us? Is that what's happening here? What <laughs> exactly can we do for you as far as buying a boat or passage on board? Well, you're celebrities. I'm sure even here in the Free Isles they know about the League of Ultimate Questing. The news has been buzzing with your disappearance. I look over at Quest. <clears throat> You're celebrities? Yeah, I, I guess so. Maven said that we've created quite a buzz. They're not just polishing our brass? Maybe just a little bit. And you all are aware at that point as when Delilah's over-ambitious voice carries through the tavern at the League of Ultimate Questing, there's like an audible record skip, the equivalent of the minstrels, and a lot of the people at the neighboring, like, crowded shoulder-to-shoulder bench-style tables all turn and look to you. Oh, but no. <laughs> and this voice goes out. The League of Ultimate Questing. I've heard of that. And he gets up, and it looks like this is somehow a figure of authority here. He's dressed like a pirate captain, um, or at least the captain of a ship, whether or not that's piracy. Good odds here in San Balearis. <laughs> um, and all of the people at his table look like they are his crew. They definitely, when he stands up, they all revere his presence. Um, and some of the other tables as well. You're all paid by the mainlands to go on quests and make asses of yourselves, aren't you? Uh, I don't think we're paid that much or that well. We're not paid to make the asses. We make asses completely wholesale by ourselves. <laughs> Good one. <laughs> and another figure, this towering, like, behemoth Goliath um, female with tattoos covering, like, every inch of her except for, like, the eyes and mouth. Um, she says, They've got cameras that follow them around. Everywhere they go. Are we on camera right now? And the crowd starts to, like, freak out a little bit. Yes, you are, but I believe you're missing the fact that we are out here to help. As soon as he says that, Artem just looks at him, arms up in the air, like, why? Why would you tell him that? And Delilah's very excited, like, well, yes, they're celebrities. Of course they're being monitored right now. Haven't you heard about the Quadron monitors? And you hear this voice humming in the air that says, oh, no. <laughs> <laughs> and uh, a figure from the upper balcony, like a very reserved area, stands up. And it's this uh, human with a long, kind of braided, blonde beard and uh, a massive gash down the center of his face. 
We can't accept outsiders from the League of Ultimate Questing. There's business done here that's no business of the mainlands. This is for us only. Are we being projected to your kings and queens? Will we find repercussions for our actions? To be fair, you're the man who just openly admitted to illicit dealings. You could have just continued doing your job and there's a good chance you would have been ignored. I mean, you told them that we spend most of our time in the war murdering people too, so Pot's calling the kettle black a little bit right now. You're not wrong. If they are not with one of us, then they are our enemies and will be exiled without a ship to the sea. How do we get with one of you? We are with all of you. What is your issue? And uh, another voice carries out from another table, clearly realizing that these are like isolated tables of particular crews to particular captains. And this voice rings out, They're with me! And uh, you look over, and this fairly young gnomish female stands up on her bench. And she's only got like four or five people at the table with her. She has a very large blue pirate's hat and bright prismatic curls kind of cascading down her back. And a long Corsair's jacket that is definitely human size, but she has it rolled up to fit for a gnome. She says, they're going to be with me, and we're leaving tonight. Does anyone have a problem with that? Some of the captains kind of look to each other. As she says, do you have a problem with that? My hand like timidly raises up a little bit. And Delilah, Delilah like playfully like pushes her like, no, no, this is interesting. I can't wait to see how this goes. <laughs> and a couple of them look around. Captain Spectre, you'll take full responsibility for them and get them out of our town as soon as possible. She says, that's right. And she walks over to your guys' table and says, what do you say? Want to take off? I'm sick of this shithole. I guess the party's over. We should go. And the tension is starting to rise up. And I was going to order another cocktail. No, you were. Oh, oh, just oh, order oh. it to go. <laughs> they have open carry laws. <laughs> <laughs> her ragtag group of like four or five sailors like gets up and follows her like mother duck with little ducklings. And she says, follow me. And as you leave, you can just feel these like daggers of aggression, like staring down at you and like a couple of spits onto the floor, not far from you. Clearly, mainlanders are dealt with here for trade, but the idea of being on camera is bugging them very deeply um, and very much disturbs their way of life. The free aisles are where people go to escape such things. And as you begin to descend clip cloppity down these wooden switchbacks, you see just this cascade of hundreds of ships all different sizes, many of them small fishing vessels, some of them very large galleons and longships. It's very quiet down here. The raucous music picks back up as you guys leave the tavern. She says, I'm Captain Regina Spectre. I know the musician. Okay, yes. I got one. <laughs> and her, her name was actually Regina Spaldwin, but I said it wrong. But I already said Captain Spectre inside. It's perfect. I love it. I love it. So I just decided to go with it. I realized after I wrote it, I'm like, that sounds like that performer. Whatever. <laughs> That's fine. <laughs> Regina Spaldwin. And, and like, as soon as she says this, I look over to Heart Attacks. I'm just like, I have a sneaking suspicion that we're going to be roped into yet another quest without actually being uh, assigned it. On another boat. On another boat. I'm so excited. <laughs> she says, I'm short-staffed. My crew... They wanted to stay in the Free Isles, but I'm interested in doing trade in Lucinilli with the money. That's why I'm not afraid of outsiders. These sea dogs are too scared of exposure and they're not willing to make the gold. That's where I'm at. For the record, Haruthak snorts when she says she's short-staffed. <laughs> <laughs> all you have to do is accompany my ship, help out a little bit on deck, and we'll get you to Lucinilli as fast as we can. Are they all gnomes? No, they're all humans, except for her. Look, I, I don't want to dive too deeply in your business, but... What are your wares? What are you looking to trade? Well, I trade mostly in culinary goods. Ooh. I import spices and alcohols from the Free Isles and bring them back to the mainlanders to spend top dollar on because they're exotic exports. Do you have Terry Bourbon downstairs? I think we probably have some bourbon on deck. That's and most Chris of my cargo. Off. You don't know what ship is mine. <laughs> I'll find it. <laughs> what kind of work are you hoping we would do for you? A little bit of cleaning. 
if anything like a large windstorm picks up, we'll help you pull some ropes. We'll tell you what to do. You'll be manning the sails when we need you. Uh, should we get, take on a leak, you'll be doing some bilge work. Hasn't happened in a while. The ship's in good shape. Anybody can do these things. Why us? Well, uh, I heard you were members of the League of Ultimate Questing, and let's just say that sailing from the Free Isles back to the mainlands can sometimes be dangerous because a lot of cargo is very much uh, up for grabs in the lawless ocean, as it were. I have a bit of a reputation. I am known for being a very good captain. I can sail at night in any vessel. I can sail through the darkest storm. So it's you're hoping for some help with customs, I take it. Not customs per se, but people interested in taking my cargo before it reaches the mainland. Ah. Mm. Full disclosure, the last ship that we were on sailed itself. Well, that <laughs> sounds very nice, and perhaps that will become a thing in the future that I can have. But for now, I put in the work. So when you say cleaning up, you think maybe not so much uh, swabbing poop deck, more uh, eviscerating strangers who try to take your things, yes? Whatever needs to be done. All of the things on that list, should they be necessary. Yeah, perhaps you lead with the possible murder. Well, I'm not looking for murder. If you want to take prisoners, we can bring them to the authorities. Sometimes they have prices on their heads. It happens. Lots of sailors in the Free Isles don't take lives. They take prisoners. They can trade them off for bounties. Sorry, we're used to killing things because, you know, we often come across things that need to be killed. It could happen. Now, fair warning, we've got a good 12, 15 days before the Grey Moon. Bad luck sailing under that. We should be very good. I've looked at all the nautical charts. There's no storms on the docket. But we need to leave tonight because I need to get back to Lucinilli and get some real crew. I've lost most of my staff. Some of the best sailors in all of Mackinac are in Lucinilli, and that's the kind of work ethic I would like to raise my ship standards to. And uh, she leads you to a very long, very narrow ship, very good in size. It has just kind of a nice pastel-colored sail, like kind of this washed yellow, very faded. Um, and the symbol on top of it is a very brightly colored bottle, like, flapping off. It says, this is my ship, the Aperitif, and this is my crew. And it's just like a group of, like, four or five humans, one, one female, the rest males. And they all eagerly shake your hands and be like, Hey, I'm a big, big fan of the LUQ. I've never heard of your team. What rank are you? We're novice. Huh. Everyone seems to know your name, and I've never heard of you. You must be new, if so that makes sense. Go down the gullet of a giant worm. Everybody will know your name pretty quickly. It was kind of a big deal. Well, that sounds cool. Well, you'll have to tell me about that. And uh, she says, Well, the ship's not going to be a free ride. I do have to meet my quotas, but it'll give you a good deal. As she says that, I kind of, like, move Desmond and Delilah in front of us. <laughs> yeah. Herithex goes to do exactly the same thing. Like, so each of you pushes one of yeah. them forward. They're like, oh, well, of course we'll foot the bill. Don't worry about it. She's like, 15 gold for all of you. It should be a seven or eight day voyage. 15 gold each. These are dangerous waters, and we're all going to be putting in a lot of work. Trust me, that's much lower than most rates for outsiders in these lands. They say, oh, that's not a problem. We have plenty of money. Desmond, get the wallet. And he says, I have it right here. And he's fishing around. I have it right here. I... Have it right. Oh dear. You're a special <laughs> kind of idiot. Desmond, you didn't lose the vacation fund, did you? Well, I had it right on me, plain sight. I could keep eyes on it at all times, hanging off my belt. My special fanny pack that had dollar signs on it. Oh, <laughs> oh no. <laughs> <laughs> well, that's just dreadful. I don't suppose the lot of you could. F we could pay you when we return home. We could write you a voucher from Father's Bank. Like, it's not a problem. It just. Seems we're a little dry right now. Maybe this voucher doesn't say 15 on it. Maybe it says 50. Oh dear, that is quite a, quite a bit of inflation, isn't it? Mm, sure, perhaps you get on this boat alone. You could wait for your raven. I don't want to wait here any longer. They're all angry at us, Delilah. I'm afraid they're going to take my wig and kick me in the ribs. Again! <laughs> <laughs> That's a very specific fear. <laughs> Desmond's very attached to his wigs. Receiving hairline. I don't. I think it looks lovely, but... <laughs> I think it makes him look very masculine, but he's very self-conscious about it. De I can hear you, Delilah. 
Are we leaving tonight, then? Is there gold or not? I look to them. We'll pay you back. I give them a significant look. We'll give you some extra. There it is. (laughs) And uh, what's all this talk about a camera? The camera is not exactly what I would call it. It's more uh, an entity that's designed to convey information. I work legally. I'm not worried about being seen by people, but is that another passenger we're going to be paying for? No. No. There's no other bodies? For all intents and purposes, he's not on his boat at any point. And this voice echoes, I will not set foot on the deck if that is what you desire. You wouldn't charge for a dog. (laughs) You're in luck. I love dogs. <laughs> and she grabs Morty by the jowls and kind of wobbles him back and forth. He's like, <laughs> this tongue like lifts her off the ground. Yeah, I was going to say large size dog, small size gnome. <laughs> Morty's like fascinated by this tiny little puppy. Well, all aboard then. Let's get to work. And she rolls up her sleeves. Welcome to the aperitif. And uh, you guys help in whatever way you can as the crew begins running left and right. Very well rehearsed. Very What crew she does have is very good at their job. They give you some direction. They definitely have Arbid pull a couple of ropes. Artyom looks fit as a fiddle, so they have him help with pulling some of the main sail things. I don't know a lot of nautical terms, so I'm going to pretend that I do. <laughs> um, and uh, very carefully weaving out through this very jigsaw port of all of these ships, the aperitif makes it out onto the Maiden's Heart, which is the sea that separates the island from the mainland. So given your lack of nautical terms, I shouldn't say I'm going to look for the bosun or anything like that. I know a bit. I know know a bit. Um, But when it comes to like what jobs people are doing, I always forget. But not too important. And all the terms could be different in my world, so whatever. (laughs) (laughs) Fuck you. Um, Arutax immediately starts singing a sea shanty badly. Arvid will join in if he knows it. (laughs) Delilah starts clapping along. (laughs) You don't actually have to be good at singing. You just have to be good at the rhythm. Watch. And then I'll start, like, just belting out some, like, drow slave songs. Just, like, a clean and clear rhythm. Even, like, the tone of them is, like, somehow off-putting to these people. <laughs> like, oh, yeah. <laughs> be like, oh, dear. Yeah. Strange thong, Artyom. <laughs> this one's specifically about being eviscerated by giant spiders. Oh, dear. No, it's actually when quite funny if you know Desmond the Desmond runs to the side of the ship. <laughs> <laughs> no, tosses his cookies. Um, and you guys are given a room to share. There are five beds. Um, Morty takes one of them. <laughs> Reginald's like, We are not on an official quest. Should I just... Uh... Kind of <laughs> circles his hand above, becoming visible just long enough for you guys to be aware of him. Uh, please. Let me know if I can be of service, but uh, I very much seek some downtime. Hmm. You've worked hard. Flutters up into the air to be unseen. Um, and so night falls... And you all get a fairly uncomfortable rest not being used to sleeping on large, moving ships. And you are woken very early, as there is work to be done. A very simple and plain breakfast was promised to you, but when you come to, one of the workers who you met says, Hey, up on deck. So you all come up onto the deck to join the entire crew, which is all of six people, looking into the night sky. The morning has not yet come. Hanging ominously in the sky is a gray moon. What? It's gray. What does that mean? Artyom, you don't know about the phases of the moon? I don't know about anything about the moons. I didn't even know what the moon was until a few months ago. Well, there are four seasons in Mackinac, and they're each a separate color of moon. That's how we know what season it is. And the gray moon is the divider between the two. It's terribly bad luck to sail during a gray moon, if you can help it. Luck? But luck is good. We, we do good missions. We, we help Not people. the League of Ultimate Cressing. I'm talking about fate and fortune luck. Bad things can happen during a gray moon. Haruthax nods very sagely as she talks about fate and fortune. I look at her just like completely baffled by the concept. And and Captain Spaldwin is like rubbing her chin saying, hmm. I'm with Artyom. I believe we make our own luck. Well, you've never been sailors, I'll say that. It's just we try to avoid sailing during a gray moon. The goddess of the sea can be very temperamental during such times. Oh, gods, why didn't you mention gods? Gods get angry about the gray moons. Good to know. 
The moon and the sea have forever been tied together, just as the sun and the sea. She says, kind of gesturing to your holy symbol. I give her, I give her just the the worst wink, <laughs> just, just a fucking word. just like like one eye kind of twitches as the other one closes. <laughs> We're gonna be sailing through the maiden's veil under a gray moon. I'm gonna have you remain on deck for the time being because things could get weird. I've been sailing for a long time and I've seen some strange shit happen. And we'll make it to Lucinelli as soon as we can, but we can't turn back now. They're bloodthirsty for you back in the Free Isles, Captain. Yes. Would you have any use for an extra hand navigation? I find myself able to attune to special things. Well, that sounds fantastic. Join me at the wheel. And she goes up and gets to the wheel, and she has, like, a compass, and one of her workers also has, like, some charts that he has kind of mounted on a board next to the wheel. Um, And they're talking about their route and their destination time, and uh, you can totally be up on the higher part of the deck and tune into anything you would like to. Um, So go ahead and just roll me an Arcana check. Oh, okay. You're just kind of feeling out the, the weather and the vibrations and the energy... Come on. We're going to use a bit of luck. Okay. Uh, <laughs> Are you sure you want to use it on this? Yes, definitely. Okay. <laughs> Do what you want, man. There we go. I love the that things you use your luck for. Yeah. It was a, a, a 14, and because it was Arcana, I'm looking at my sheet. That is plus four, so it's an 18. Nice. Uh, so you, first of all, immediately pick up on some negative energy radiating from the heavens themselves. Something about this gray moon is just somehow ominous. And you've seen this your whole life, but you've never been on the sea during one of them. And also you kind of look out the horizon and the endless sea around you and the disappearing island behind you. And these large, sharp rocks are starting to like rise up where you're sailing through. It's a definite part of the navigation. But uh, when, when you say large, sharp rocks are rising, mm-hmm. are we getting eaten by another giant worm? <laughs> uh, they're, they're coming into view. That's a great question. Okay. Uh, they're, they're present at all times. Um, and this is what's known as the Maiden's Veil. Um, it's a very treacherous, very coral reefy and stony portion of the sea that only the best of pirates can sail through. But as you're looking out over it, you can see the clouds are very dim. Like there's a perfect circle revealing the moon, despite the fact that there's these heavy hanging clouds. And in tune with the weather, you can feel the wind starting to change and it kind of blows through you, kind of casting your eyes in every direction. And as you're sailing in, there's a fog that's forming very quickly. It's not a natural progression of this thick fog. It just starts to rise up out of the sea itself and the wind blows it towards you. And before long, the sides of the ship are starting to get obscured by this thick gray veil of smoke and fog. Haruthax will look at the captain and say, You said you have spices that you transport. Do you have any game? Chickens, pigs, sheep? Nothing living. There's probably some rats below deck, but that's just part of the business. Uh, I need everyone to stay on deck right now, though. The maiden's veil is sometimes foggy, but this is a little bit unnatural. And she grabs the wheel very tenaciously and the crew begins to move about. Someone up in the crow's nest is like, I think I see movement to the port. And there's a long kind of silence as you hear the water splashing against these sharp rocks on either side. In an effort to go one step beyond attuning, Chris is going to try absorbing the elements Mm -hmm. to alleviate the fog. For this particular one, because he's already felt the free isles, it's more of Mm -hmm. a a dance and a sway to go with the ocean. And, and as you do begin to sway, um, your body naturally just this kind of magical hunger starts to ping from your chest. And as you're swaying, it seems like not the fog on the sides of the ship, but the fog that's starting to leak up onto the deck begins to kind of swirl and pull towards you. And it's almost like you're breathing it in and slowly exhaling it. And the actual deck of the ship seems to be remaining fairly clear of fog, especially radiating out from Crist. As something about the reverberations, you kind of push through the air, just kind of clears it away. Captain, I'm doing what I can, but I think you're right. There is a bad omen. 
unnatural. Well, I know all about the bad omens. Okay, I look at the moon. Mm-hmm. Funny thing, doesn't matter what phase the moon is in, doesn't matter what color it is. If it's glowing, the sun is here. And I reach out to it, and I put my hand on my holy symbol, a moth drawn to the flame, and I just pull on the moon. Mm-hmm. And every time I pull, it looks almost like it's getting just a little bit bigger, just a little bit more resonant. Mm-hmm. And then the moonlight kind of shines down on all of us, and bam, y'all are blessed. Nice. Yeah, the pure white moonlight is intensified greatly as it almost like a massive spotlight kind of lights up this area of the ocean that you're on. The fog still pressing hard against it. And as you all feel this light kind of entering you and making you more aware, more agile, these sounds come from out in the fog. This and you see on several spots of the ship these long sharp coral shapes made of like hooked claws lock into the wood with heavy chains hanging off of them God's damn, I haven't seen that many pissed off pirates since the time the silver pendants burned down that warehouse of illegal shoes. Legal shoes? What made them illegal? No, they didn't have the paperwork for the cargo. And they were stolen. Sure, that makes sense, but what made them so illegal that you had to burn them down? Crimes against fashion, Kip. Crimes against fashion. This ad was inspired by an email from Daniel Smith. Goblins in your apple orchard? Rats in your cellar? Kobolds in your copper mine? Hi there, I'm Vander Chase, founder of Intern-Based Combat. It's hard to solve these kind of problems on a farmer's budget, and you need solutions, and fast. At Intern-Based Combat, we specialize in utilizing young, new adventurers who have lots of ambition, but not much experience. Low-level problems call for low-level heroes and low-level prices. These day one heroes work for dither on the track, exposure, or in some cases, a night of drinking. If you use the promo code FetchQuest while ordering our classic Fighter Rogue Wizard package, we'll throw in a cleric for free. All interns come fully insured, fully equipped with basic gear, and have a fundamental grasp of their class build. Don't wait for your savior to come. Help make your own at Intern-Based Combat. Hey there, this is Justin Bartha. I made a funny new podcast, King of the Egg Cream. It has the greatest cast in the history of podcasts with actors like Louis Black. I'm torn by my feelings for two women. Bobby Cannavale. You can eat it, or if someone hits you, you can put it on your cut. Melanie Linsky. I wonder what these marvelous things are that look just like boiled chicken feet. Jason Ritter. I can break things and pick locks and kill people. Michael Stuhlbarg. The whole point is to inspire people that they should make themselves better. Ari Grainer. No, don't whet its appetite. What are you, an idiot? Me, Justin Bartha. That's not just any egg cream, that's a Lemke's special. And all narrated by the hilarious Richard Kind. This is the story of Harry Dalowitz. And how he rose from nothing to become New York's King of the Egg Cream. So if you like funny true stories, come listen to King of the Egg Cream, available wherever you get your podcasts. Hey there, Slappy D's. Uh, no, I'm, just, I'm still not, I am not 100% on that. Um, anyway, we've got some big news and some things have been going on and we are ready to, to lay it out. So... 
Uh, first, we have a brand new podcast called D20 Questions. If you guys haven't checked it out, I think you'll love it. We basically interview local geek magnates. We ask them some questions about Dungeons and Dragons. Uh, and we just kind of do some interesting segments like Law's History Corner, where we cover like the history of D&D and things like that. It's really good. We've got three episodes out right now. You can find us basically anywhere where podcasts are available. And we would love to have you take a listen and give us a share because these early weeks are super important. Plus, if you like me and Law, then just, uh, it's just another way to show us some love. Next up, we have our Patreon and Discord. We already have way more people than we expected giving us uh, donations, but I mean, we always are so incredibly thankful to that. We are actually going to be giving thanks to all of our Patreon subscribers at the end of the month, as well as thanks to our Legend subscribers, people who donate $25 or more every week. And our first of those is Jeff Ammons. Thank you so much, Jeff, for your $25 a month donation. That is unbelievably appreciated. We've got rewards coming out the wazoo. We've got uh, the access to our magic items, our uh, player characters sheets we've got um, the maps that law makes for the game i mean just just so much cool stuff and there's going to be more coming you also get access to d20 one sides that is d20 questions kind of like unplugged raw version which is super cool because it basically it's just us kind of drunk you know talking about nothing in particular and having fun but honestly they're the funniest thing in the world i i was busting up laughing the entire time kyle and i were recording with law it's it's too good Additionally, if anybody is missing any Patreon rewards or doesn't know how to access them, please reach out to us at admin at slapdashstudios.com, or you can just reach out to us through Patreon directly. Next up, I want to thank some of the people who've been tweeting about the show. Uh, we got Bag of Snails, Antipodean, I think I'm pronouncing that right, uh, Paul Elliott, Brad Muse, uh, Leopold the Just, uh, Agents of Orange, Ryan Broussard, John St. Paul, Dustin Dazi, Yamataro Kiao, Annie Moore, Indirial, uh, Erie, Luna Rose, Will Nash, Dean Warwick, Relic of the Past podcast, the D20 Syndicate, Rowan Spears Floyd, who was super supportive during the D20 Questions launch. Uh, you should totally check out Dangerous Dice on Patreon if you want to see more from him. Uh, and I want to definitely thank Winter Angriel for the fan art. I love you. Um, and then we have uh, Marshall Short of Printable Heroes, just an unbelievable guy. Uh, he's on one of the episodes of D20 Questions. If you haven't checked out Printable Heroes, you definitely should. As always, Orcs, 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 uh, who have just been unbelievably supportive since the beginning. And if you want to check them out, you know, just go to OrcsOrcsOrcs.com, where you can find the archives, which is maintained by Daniel Pickens-Jones, who is also on the D20 Questions show. Uh, we also want to thank Kyle Lang, who was amazing on D20 Questions and has ItemWoodworks.com. And as always, uh, Brian the Red, Isaac Davies, and Millman, you guys make up a huge portion of our Twitter interactions, and you are definitely appreciated. But I also want to take a moment and thank the Danes. Because let's put let's be honest here. After the massive switchover that we had with our website and all the weird, you know, website fuckery that we had with their RSS feeds and everything, we're still getting 10% of our listens from Denmark. So thank you, and I love you. And if and please, somebody from Denmark, reach out on Twitter. I want to know why we have such a following in Denmark. I think that's it though. Sorry for the long shout out, everybody. This is just a lot of stuff going on. We're really doing very well, and I just we just don't know how to deal with that kind of success. Uh, if you guys want to show your support on Patreon, we would absolutely love it long term. I mean, we would love to make this our primary job, and the only way that's going to happen is through support from amazing people like you. So keep showing up, keep listening, and we wish you luck. Hello there, it's me, Stab and Steve, of Stab and Steve's Sword Arm Emporium, wishing you all a very happy Founders Day. It is on this day that we honor our country and its people, and what better way to show support for your homeland than with weapons. This week, we're having a huge price slashing sale. 
Massive deals on swords of every classification. Bargain broadswords. Half-priced hook swords. Sales on sabers. And Zweihander coupons. Free whetstones with purchase of 50 gold or more. Fun in the sun with bladder toss for the kids. Guess how many iron shards are in the jar to win a free day of healing at the Geldenerian Temple. Step into the ring to see if you can beat my dad in a sword fight. You won't, so come wish Leone a happy birthday with me, Stab and Steve, and leave with a wagon load of new sharp, deadly swords to share with your kids. Happy Founders Day from Stab and Steve's Sword Arm Emporium. We'll get you sorted out. So aboard the aperitif in this thick fog surrounded by jagged rocks, these strange coral hooks have flung up on chains and latched in six spots on the ship. The first to react is Artium. You are right here pretty much dead center of amidships, and you are fairly equidistant from two of these examples of grappling things. Yes, indeed. I'm going to head port towards the south, and I'm going to, pulling out my crossbow mm -hmm. and my rapier, I'm going to try and get an idea of whether I can pry the thing off as I move. Yeah, you don't have to roll for that necessarily. Um, you're just up right next to it. Um, mm -hmm. It looks like the very sharp blades of this coral hook have sunken deep, and because there's something tight pulling against it, uh, you imagine it would require a fair bit of strength to... Is it a rope, or is it something It's a chain. It's a chain. Okay, so I cannot cut it. So instead, I'm going to trace where the rope is, mm -hmm. and I'm going to look for where it ends and shoot. Cool. All right. Um, do you want to hold a shot till you see something? Yeah, let's do that. Cool. Because nothing's quite in line of sight just yet. Uh, Harithax. Is, is coral brittle? You would imagine usually, but these ones look pretty strong since they cut right through wood. Okay. Um, I invoke my armor of shadows, uh, mage armor. Because it looks like we're about to get in a fight. It's true. And as the moon radiates down, it casts a huge shadow of the mast over the deck of the ship. And it just kind of merges with Hierothax and wraps around their body. Okay. And then I will move um, okay. towards the nearest hook to me. Perfect. And with a bonus action, I will cast Shillelagh on my quarterstaff. Yeah, a quick tap on the deck and it begins to hum with white roots and energy. That will make it the enemy's turn. As the chains go tight and you hear the splashing of water from down below off of the deck, the first to see anything is Artyom. As these green, scaly hands grab onto the chain and pull themselves up out of this dark sea, and you can see what looks at first like some sort of fairly reptilian creature, but as it comes up, the water shuffs off some of its skin, and you see like a skeletal hand following a scaly hand as this strange, undead, creeping fish man of some kind begins scampering very quickly up the chain. This is triggering Artyom's held shot. Wicked. I'm going to go ahead and just take the old shot right at his stupid skeletal face. I like it. That's a critical failure. Oh, oh boy. Oh no. Hey, we got to use the chart. Uh, <laughs> drop me quick percentages real quick. All right. 33. Okay. As you take your shot, holding it down over the edge of the ship, you fire. With, are you using your new crossbow? No. Okay. Um, you take a shot. Not after that question. And just the combination of fog and splashing water, it slips for a second and you catch it before it falls over, like upside down. So you're now holding it by like the tip. Okay. But you catch it before it falls overboard. Yeah. Actually, specifically in my head, I was like, I am not going to use my new crossbow because I'm on a boat. Mm. Okay. <laughs> so they are going to scamper 
at a terrifying speed onto the deck of the ship using their move actions, and then they're going to aggressively try to attack things. Uh, the, if they're out of movement, though, they will not be able to attack you unless you are adjacent to them. Brain burn fucking bots. Goddamn water everywhere. Cool, cool. Okay, so they're just going to make some, some quick claw attacks. The only two who are actually adjacent to any are Hyrothax and Artyom. Can I just give him a withering look and just discourage it? Is there any mechanics attached to this withering look? Or? No. <laughs> uh, that looks like two misses to me. Oh, good. And against Herothax, the highest is a 15. Ah, 15 will hit. Okie dokie. Uh, you take four points of slashing damage as a bony claw rakes against your shadowy armor. And you can see, like, the half of face of this weird, jagged-toothed fish man. And you can see, like, rows of teeth flowing back into its mouth because the entire side of its cheek is just ripped off. And you can actually see, like, lampreys and starfish, like, attached to them, sucking on the dead flesh. Fun. And seawater is just pouring out of them as they just climbed out of it. And that makes it Arvid's turn. Arvid's gonna pull out the thorn whip cantrip and pull the one off Haruthax. Okay. And from there, you can reach him. Um, but it'll only move 10 feet towards you, I believe. Yeah. Okay, mm -hmm. great. So I'm going to make a strength saving throw, and your DC, I believe, is 12. I got a 19. Yeah. So unfortunately, you manage to manifest this strange uh, spiritual whip that lashes out from your hand and grabs onto it. And as you pull it back, it just takes a huge like rip of flesh off of this thing, but it does not budge. Uh, would you like to do anything else on your turn with movement or... Uh, I guess... I should go over to him. Can I'll I still do, do that? it myself. <laughs> and is it a free action for the rage? I it is rage. indeed a free action. All right, action. rage time. <laughs> what? Oh, wow. <laughs> <laughs> That's what I heard anyway. No, 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 not to say every time Arvid rages, some like horrible, shitty 90s rock comes on. Unfortunately, off. I can't hear that song without hearing Richard Cheese's version in my head oh, with sure. the lounge music. So. so basically, uh, yeah, Arvid charges forward. The soundtrack to the Scorpion King comes on. <laughs> And everyone is sad. That brings us to Christ, who is dancing and weaving with the fog next to the captain, Regina Spaldwin. That is my correction. It is Spaldwin. That was a misspeak. <laughs> I thought you were going to stick with Spectre. I can't. I can't do it. And for any kind of editing that needs to be done, Regina Spaldwin, Regina Spaldwin. <laughs> Can I get one more? Regina Spaldwin. Thank you. As a question? Regina Spaldwin. <laughs> and Chris. Uh... So if I stop dancing, will the will the fog come back? You Do think I... you've bought some time of fog clarity having burned your spell slot. Okay. The magic okay. is still present. Magic Can I just still... say that if I stop dancing, will the fog come back? Sounds like a fucking like album title. <laughs> it sounds like a line oh from God, Fiddler on the Roof or like Brigadoon or something. <laughs> Whoa. Uh, I will activate my bonus action. I will start to reverberate. Uh, mm. And with all the elements I'm absorbed, it's a little bit just seems like burst out mm -hmm. like a burst of light and then you start to see my claw forming and that's when i do a slow superhero walk and then cast booming blade and attack awesome which one would you like to go for um you are very equidistant from them i would like to go to the one that is south because i want to protect the crew cool oh booming blade i've never got to use it i'm so excited you just roll an attack and see if you hit and bless is a d4 you are blessed yeah cool uh, yeah, that probably definitely That hits. definitely connects. <laughs> uh, so you're going to go ahead and roll me your normal claw damage. And now if this creature moves before your next turn, it's going to take a D8 thunder damage. Uh, that is seven 
slashing damage. Very nice. These things have like two large clawed arms and two kind of smaller vestigial arms underneath with smaller claws. And your blade just lashes out and cuts off one of its four limbs oh. in a smooth, clean arc. Oh, that's uh, awesome. And that is your turn. And that will make it the crew just trying to defend their ship to the best of their ability. Uh, this one is going to turn and pull a short cutlass off of his belt and attempt to slash it at this undead fish boy. Missing or the, the cutlass actually goes cascading off the side of the ship as this thing bats it away with one of its claws. And the captain is going to man the wheel because you guys are still traveling through some treacherous rocks and the fog is now getting thick. The one that is up kind of in the crow's nest area of the foremast is going to pretend like they're getting their ranged attack ready and they're good at it, but the dice will decide whether or not that's true. And we've got two attacks coming from the remaining two crewmen. We'll say the one in the big yellow cape is the uh, the young woman who's on the uh, crew, just so we can delegate who is who. And they both manage to hit. And they actually dish out some okay damage. Um, so on Arvid's next turn, he can command Morty, but Morty's just very confused right now by what's going on and trying to sniff through the fog. Is it um, meat? Is it bone? What is it? I can't it, decide. It's both. Yeah. Um, both at once. That will bring us to the top of the initiative, which is Artyom. Marvelous. Are you trying to maximize your turn on dead radius? That is exactly what I was trying to do, but unfortunately everything is placed in exactly the worst conceivable location so that I cannot effectively use turn undead here. And even if I could, all it would do is make them run away. So I'm going to run along midships towards the uh, four. Mm-hmm. I'm going to kind of scooch past Morty and... Gives <laughs> you a slurp. <laughs> and as soon as I get like right next to him, I'm going to kind of put my hand on him. And I can't really do anything with that. I was, I was going to do something with Morty. I got nothing. Something about dogma. <laughs> <laughs> so I'm going to put my hand on him. And then that kind of like radiant moonlight that was shining down on us kind of wraps around him. Mm. And then all around us, that same kind of silvery gray light just kind of suddenly flashes from that pale gray into the deep, heavy white blue that normal sunlight is. Almost as if for a split second, the whole world just turns the lights on and then they instantly go off nice um and i'll use channel divinity uh for radiance of dawn okay so those three are going to make their saving throws so the one dude on the uh the four deck uh the guy and the two guys midships yep oh Uh, you're you're using uh radiance not turn undead mm -hmm. radiance of dawn okay the roast them to death with horrible god fire yeah they do this like they both (laughs) use my channel divinity and i'd much rather deal the damage than just turn them yeah that's pretty fair in this situation that makes sense i did roll very good with two of them uh but one of them fails and they all take some damage regardless okay refresh my memory 2d8 2d10 2d10 even better Mm mm-hmm uh, never mind. Fucking six. <laughs> hey, that ain't nothing. That's that's as much as I rolled on three d ten that one time. But it's radiant damage. So <laughs> yes, it is. Cool. They shriek and hiss, and you see like steam pouring off of them as this like beams of white moonlight just blast into them, making it look like daylight is a blink of the eye on the ship. And they recoil in great pain. You've literally melted away what's left of a lot of their skin, and they are now very much all skeletal. You still like one of them looks fuck all awful right now. I hate to say it, because I have to. Mm-hmm. He does get an attack of opportunity against me. Yep. Just wait until you were all wrapped okay, up. Okay. Good. Good. No, I didn't. I didn't want to interrupt the badass laser gonna... beam show. I am not going to warding flare. I don't okay. think. I don't think these guys are enough of a threat for me to waste that. It's going to try to bite you. Nope. Big miss. Big fat fumble. Super good. Ooh, fumble chart. Mm-hmm. Fumble I'm with excited. a bite. Does it bite its tongue? <laughs> oh. <laughs> it probably doesn't have a tongue. <laughs> What's uh, left of his tongue? <laughs> it just rolls a 19, so basically it's going to begin its next turn prone. 
Which is like, I like the idea that it leaps at me mouth first mm, and then yeah. just falls to the ground. Does the cartoony snap and then plop. Oh, it's beautiful. It also gets roasted midair, so it just kind of lands limply, writhing in pain. That makes it Harothax. Arvid is famous for being very polite and methodical in his rages, so Harothax is going to kind of make a sort of a hand gesture, like an after you. After you, sir. Yeah, exactly. And then go, shall we? With the anticipation that she's probably going to yeet this thing off of the ship, and I'm just going to set up to aid if he attempts to. Let's show. Yeah. <laughs> so, so you, I could have sworn that we put a moratorium on yeet. Didn't, it, didn't that happen? <laughs> no. Um, yeah, so you guys give each other a knowing yeet contract look. Yeah, so I'll, I'll ready in action to help Arvid with their athletics check. Perfecto. Um, and that will make it the enemy's turn, and they're going to very just eagerly lash out and try to attack the people that are near them. Because this one is going to use half of its move to stand up, giving it only 15 feet, which means it'll have to attack Morty and not Artyom. And on Arvid's turn, just remember to command Morty if you'd like. You don't necessarily have to, like, shout something, but that's when we'll make him go. All right, so this pirate seems to have taken a pretty solid blow, quite wounded at this point. Moving on to the team, Morty is going to take some damage. You'd make a separate hit point tracker for Morty. But, Crist, you're going to take five points of slashing damage as one of them near you just lashes out with its claws and rakes across your chest. Okay, that one takes four points of thunder damage. Oh, that's right. And that would be this one, so that one's now getting fairly hurt. And last but not least, uh, Arvid, you take four points of damage, reduced to two because you are raging. And at the end of their turn, coming from this frontmost uh, grappling hook, comes a much larger six-armed fishman, also equally undead, but this one's eyes seem to glow with this kind of red energy that pierces through the night and fog. Could you do me a favor? Could you say what these fishmen are called? Uh, they are Sahuagin. Thank you. But they are undead. They are Sahua again. So when they were alive, they were just Swaha. <laughs> they were just swags. <laughs> <laughs> I, love, I loved all of that. Don't let my frustration fool <laughs> you. <laughs> Triggered with me with a very clear Swaha. <laughs> um... <laughs> and as it makes it onto the deck, um, the other ones seem to cower slightly at its presence, but remain in their aggressive stance. And it uses its entire turn to reach down into its many pocketed, like what looks like torn away robes and pouches, um, like it had some kind of mantle on of significance when it was alive. And it pulls out what looks like this very strange, elongated conch shell. It doesn't so much put it up to its mouth as it wraps its long fish-like mouth around it, covering several holes at once, and it makes this horrible beautiful sound. Thank you. And the water that's been splashed up onto the ship, and it's kind of plumbling the sides of the ship against the rocks, begins to pool and form up onto the deck, like it's slowly collecting. And that is the end of their turn. Uh, Arvid, you are toe-to-toe with an undead Sahuagin, and you have been offered a polite invite to a two-man yeeting show. <laughs> yes, my friend. Let's do this. And uh, yeah, let's let's do a strength check for real. Cool. Um, so or, you have yeah. advantage because you are raging, and you continue to have advantage because he is aiding you. I they didn't even think you. about the fact you already have advantage. Everybody gets blessed. Oh, I think involve. it's just think attacks it and saves. For now, we'll just give you advantage, um, but the flavor of how it succeeds will be modified by Harathax's aid as they are pushing as well. Excellent. That's uh, 20. <laughs> Natural 20. Uh, so Harithax, they kind of have it in this like headlock in the upper body to give you the opportunity to shove it. And when you full force 
both palms shove it over the deck. Not only does its legs come off at the railing of the ship, but its head remains in Harathax's arms what? as you totally decapitate it and fling its, basically just its torso a good 10 feet off of the ship. It's beautiful. Okay, awesome. Harathax, that could be a good projectile. I'm just, I'm just making you aware. And as you hang on to this limp dead fishman head, it actually begins to melt into Ew. seawater and pool around your feet and then slowly start to slide. The whole head, oh. including the entire head turns into liquid. Oh. 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 That's the only person who's disappointed about bones disappearing is Harifax. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> My bones. <laughs> um, what would Morty like to do? Because otherwise he's just going to attack this fishman. Yeah, he should just fight the one he's on. Okay. Morty misses, believe it or not. <laughs> I got a nine. What can I say? Um, so he does, in fact, rip some flesh off of this thing, but it does no harm to its its physical form. That makes its Christ's turn. So I'm going to tell the shipmate, get that thing off the ship right now. We don't know if more are coming. I'll keep them busy. And mm-hmm. then after that, go for uh, the crystalline claw cool. booming blade again. Definitely. Aiming at his throat. Which one are you attacking? The one behind uh, you or the one in front of you? The one in front of me. Perfect. Hopefully I can kill it. Definitely over, over hit it. Yeah. Uh, that is six points of thunder slash. Yes. You cleanly gouge it straight from groin up to forehead and just a clean <sighs> slice as its body splits into and just floods into seawater that lands on the deck and then begins to slide downhill. Would you like to move at all or stay adjacent to this undead Sahawagan? Can I sidestep between, between it that? and the captain? Oh, yeah, definitely. Mm-hmm. Yes. Um, that will make it the captain and the crew. Uh, so this crewmate is going to run over to the hook nearest to Chris and the captain and attempt to dislodge it from the wood of the deck. I actually rolled really good on my athletics check, yes. which Woo. is enough to break it free. Um, and this thing seems very sturdy despite the fact it's made of coral, but the chain pulls it deep into the sea. And that will bring us to this guy who's up on the crow's nest. This crewman is going to shoot down onto the deck, the very front of one of those Sahawagan with his bullet. He definitely hits. Dealing it three, and this one just takes out a huge chunk of it. Its ribs are now showing. And the one who is still standing, the young lady, she's going to attempt to finish it off with her cutlass, grabbing it with two hands and just bringing it down on his head. That is definitely a hit. Dealing it a full six points of damage, which is enough to almost kill it, but not quite. And Desmond and Delilah are going to run between these two stairs behind the mast and look like they're trying to get into what would be the captain's quarters, but it's locked. And they're just desperately like, let us in! Let us in! (laughs) NPCs have done. Back at the top of the initiative, it's Artyom. Oh, it's me. Can I cast Guiding Bolt around that guy who's in my way between me and the the big boy? Yeah, you can hit big boy. Cool. Then I'm going to totally whip out my crazy Guiding Bolt. Um, Again, instead of like trying to mess around with rays and beams and stuff like that, I'm going to try and pull the light down into a column right on top of him because we've already got all these moonlight rays shooting everywhere. Yeah, it's very moony up on here. So, if I remember correctly, that's just an attack, right? It is, Mm. using your spellcasting. Wee. Hey, that's a 15 plus spellcast mod, so I think that's like 18. That no, does hit. That. It's more than that, yeah. I think it's a 21. Yeah. You're, you're blessed too, aren't you? Phil? I am blessed, but yeah. it doesn't matter. It doesn't matter for that one. <laughs> that is a direct hit. Excellent. And that is a, what, 2d6? 4d6 radiant damage. 4d6 radiant damage. Mm-hmm. Glorious. Uh, that's 5, and then another 4, so 9. Man, that is some weak-ass rolls. It's not bad, though. Like, these things aren't super hit pointy, so that is a very notable amount of damage on the big guy. Very notable indeed. Awesome. Would you like to remain where you are? Uh, no. Well, hold up. 
Let me just make sure. The next, so just so everybody knows, the next attack made against it is made at an advantage. Mm-hmm. Um, and so there's just, after the beam hits it, it just kind of starts like radiating, like almost like a beacon, just being like, shoot here. Yep. Um, and then I'm going to, can I circumvent the dude and get to that coral uh, hook on the other side of him? Yeah, you have just enough movement to kind of go right in the middle of the ship and kind of crouch behind Morty for just a second. Yeah, while he's distracted by Morty, I'm like, good dog, good dog, good dog. <laughs> and I go around yeah. him and I try to pull the thing off. Uh, well, you've used, yeah. yeah, but you're at it now. You're ready to grab an attempt. Sure. Um, that makes it Herathax's turn. I will turn to look at Arvid and I'll go, I've got this. Go help Mortimer H. Duggo. <clears throat> I don't actually know what Morty's last name is, but... Uh, I'm going to take my shillelagh, my now magic weapon, mm-hmm. and I'm just going to bring it down butt first on top of the coral anchor that's attached right here in front of me. Sure. Roll me an attack check with your shillelagh. Is the hook considered to be prone? No. Okay. It's an inanimate object, and it has no <laughs> combat vantage position. Don't forget right. you're blessed. Oh, that's true. That's uh, a 10 plus 1 on the blessed eyes, 11 plus... You hit the inanimate hook. It's not exactly like the hook's going to juke you. Uh, let's see some damage. Plus charisma. Uh, six points. Nice. Magical damage. You don't necessarily like shatter it, but a large crack forms in it, and the weight of the hook, as you can see the chain starting to like tug as something else comes up, um, snaps and flies off of the deck of the ship, and you hear a splash in the water off deck. Are you going to remain in your position? I will move up the stairs to the, I think this is called a forecastle. I know that's a that's a ship part, and mm-hmm. it's in the four, so we're gonna go with that. And they make great burgers and fries. That's mm. that's White Castle. Uh, <laughs> cool. I'll just move up the stairs, so I'm I'm up here, but not immediately in combat with anything. I love it. Love utilizing the stairs on this awesome ship miniature. Uh, that makes it the enemy's turn. They're going to very quickly and succinctly make their attacks with their new commander on deck. So the undead Sahawagan are going to charge Christ and Harathax and make their attacks two each, and I'm gonna roll them in front of me because this turning left and right shit is for the birds. That is a hit on Christ. Uh, do I get a sense that it's going to be a big hit? Yes. Then uh, even shield won't you're, it? you're guessing, yeah. Damn, roll a 19. Oh, that's one off. And against Herothax, that is a 15 and a miss. They should have advantage because they have blood frenzy. Christ, you take a solid four points of slashing, and Herothax, you take a solid six points of slashing. And they take four points of Ooh, that's damage. Right. And that makes that one explode. <laughs> it tries to basically leap onto you and your reverberation vibrates it so violently that just seawater explodes off of you. How much damage you say I took? You took six. Awesome. Just the spray of seawater <laughs> bursting off of him as soon as it attacks him. Yes. Where did the pencil go? Oh, it's right here. And this one, I was like, Artyom is going to shoot it with its guiding bolt, so I'm going to look and see if it has any bullshit spells I can piss him off with. I was like, does it have shield? <laughs> no. But it does have a cool spell that it's going to fire back at you. So it is going to use its action to target you with its guiding bolt, which is a negative, uh. Uh, dark, necrotic... <laughs> Warding flare. Sea priest. Cool. I like it. Good call. Very good call. I missed. Sweet. Um, so it, in fact, shoots this dark, ominous, like, beam of just black seawater at you. But as it strikes against the light of the deck of the ship, like, reflecting off of your armor and holy symbol, it just kind of scatters and sprays around you. And you can see it, like, hissing the deck of the ship like acid, but it remains untouched against your supple, precious skins. Mm. And that means it's going to use its move to stomp angry. <laughs> no, it's going to stay up on the deck of the ship uh, because it has something cool to do. To fall ass over tea kettle down the stairs. And as uh, Morty and this one are going to engage with each other, uh, Morty takes some damage, which I will roll. And then this one is going to get hit by Morty. Yay, good dog. He did a thing. 
Uh, Morty takes four. And this motherfucker is dead. <gasps> cool. Nice. As Morty chomps into it and just like like wobbles his jowls back and forth as seawater is just pouring <laughs> out of him. And it looks like he was very excited about the bone in his teeth, but then melts away. Oh, poor guy. And as the water collects in the center of the ship, you can see this pool start to form into not quite a humanoid shape that is very tall, but almost like a living tidal wave that just starts to slam outward at Arvid. And I need Arvid to roll me an opposed athletics check as this thing attempts to shove you off of the ship. I do get the bless for that, right? Uh, you get advantage for being in rage. 20? 20? I got a 19. Whoa. Uh, so you grab the rail of the ship and you are like pummeled by this wave of water. Your hair and cloak are all blowing over the side and you're just barely hanging on. It's, it's still pummeling you, but you're like white knuckle gripping the side of the ship as this massive body of water is just slamming into you. But you do not budge. Arvid, too strong a boy. Uh, and that makes it your turn. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Um. Yeah. 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 <laughs> <laughs> so I had all this, these dreams of like charging into someone from here but i feel like it would be running away from the wave thing at this point so i can't i can't do that i'm too i'm too uh you know mm -hmm. i'm like i'm i'm not taking any prisoners or nothing <laughs> <laughs> you could actually leave all that out <laughs> <clears throat> them prisoners nope <laughs> nope <laughs> arvid uh had initially been planning to charge up the steps, but as this wave hits him, um, barely keeps himself on the deck, uh, glares back at this wave without eyes. Um, <laughs> there is kind of an unearthly, like, aquatic face that kind of forms in front of you and, like, snarls in your face. Oh, yeah, locking, locking on to that guy and does a, a bit of a snort as he <clears throat> pulls back and yeah. gets his good old greatsword. You can definitely attack this thing. It is yeah. a creature. So go ahead and roll to hit this thing. Yep. you want to attack recklessly or normally? Reckless attack! Nice, so roll twice. Plus, plus. Plus, plus. This thing has a shit AC, though, so you're, you're going to hit. <laughs> that's a hit. Yeah, that's like 22. Mm-hmm. So 2d6 plus 5. Rules 5. 10. 10. So a huge cut through this watery entity that's bearing down on you. Like You gash through it, and it recollects, but more water spills out over onto the deck of the ship, and it starts to recoil from pushing you off of the deck. Christ. All the action is over here on this side now. Yes. Uh, can I charge the wave? Is that a thing I can do? Uh, you can, and from your vantage point here, you have a pretty good line of sight for any kind of range stuff, too, you want to do to any part of that ship. Can I, like, run and leap off the steps? <laughs> you can make it to the bottom. Give me an acrobatics check to see how well you skip that little five feet of movement. Oh, great. Yep. You land in a very, like, <laughs> heroic ballet pose, yes. whatever you want to do. It seems like your your dancing skills are really kicking off. Yeah. <laughs> Let's see. Uh, and then I can make one more move. Yeah, you can either act or move again. I'm going to move behind the wave and pincer attack. You and Arvid are now flanking with this uh, watery, spherical, beastie monster. The NPCs are going to go. They're just going to make real quick attacks at the ones next to them. Uh, that one is a hit. And so this crew person manages to kill the undead Sahawagan that is fighting them. And this one's going to run over there and attempt to take the hook near the captain off of the deck another good roll it's enough to get it off anyway nice. and the ship begins to speed up as these hooks are slowly getting removed from the deck yeah that makes it their turn this one is trying to find another bullet to fire from their sling and that one is unconscious artyom excellent i was gonna try and pull the damn thing off but instead since he just fucking shot me with a guiding bolt like as soon as i cast it off with warding flare i correct my hand crossbow and i take a shot of him. that is advantage plus bless 
So let's see how this goes. Yeah, because he's still guiding bolted. 20? That hits. Did you roll 2d20? Uh, I did. Cool. Yeah, that hits. Wicked slick. What, 1d6? Fucking one. Dude, my damage dice has been shit. So that's uh, four. All right. Uh, it takes it and takes a step back, and it looks like it's getting ready to cast another spell towards you aggressively. The more to get him. Can I use my move to try and lift the thing? It's an action to interact with things ah, like that. Bullsh. Uh, bullsh. I guess I do have a bonus action. I, c I could use a bonus action, and I could use a move. Definitely. So let me just taste. I encourage all these things. Taste all of these beautiful options. Blech. Yeah, fuck it. I'm just going to move to the other side of the, the exposed side of the mm -hmm. uh, dude, the fucking tidal wave, the living tidal wave. Yeah. Thing. Get right up on him. And as I run, I'm going to shout uh, to the captain and basically any crew that are listening, get the other Brenburned grappling hook off this fucking boat. And they hear you very clearly. Harothax. Uh, so I know you described its guiding bolt as being acidy. We're going to see how this goes. Uh, I got two in a line right there. Oh, gonna, yeah, you I'm do. I'm going to rear back and spit up on some dudes. Love it. Dex save. Oh, these are con saves, aren't they? It is dexterity. Okay. Um, that is a 17 and an 11 for the leader. The 11 fails. The yeah. 17 passes. Okay. Roll that sweet acid damage. And they don't have acid resistance. It was more of a necrotic okay. evil ocean water thing. Good. Uh, you'll have to recover the crewman that was on the crow's nest. I bumped it when I was pointing at stuff, and he fell, plummeted to the depths. They're I'm not fine. sure where. They're fine. Uh, nine points of acid damage. So the acid comes from the base of your belly and plunges out over the deck onto these two beasts in front of you, melting away the one adjacent to you, just straight into liquid and bone that fades to nothing. And as it slams into the leader, it puts its hand against the railing and it seems to be melting slowly away as it uh, topples over the side, leaving behind just like these bits of itself, like bones from its limbs uh, and like the bags from its pouches and everything like that, just chunks of robes hitting the deck. And they do not melt into water. They seem to remain behind as though it is one of the only tangible things that you were fighting. Does it leave the conch shell? Uh, it does look like there is a okay. conch shell mixed in with the weird bags and everything. And as that one fades away, you can see the hooks and the coral themselves begin to melt into water. And the Sahawagan that are still on deck begin to melt. And as the person who commanded it is now dead, the summoned elemental just turns into a huge sploosh that almost pushes you all off of the deck. Ha ha! Wave goodbye. Oh, oh God, that was I love amazing. it. You were waiting for that, weren't you? Minions of the Ocean cast back to the briny darkness from whence they came. A riveting ship battle if ever I've seen one. How do you rate the Mortal Dawn's battle prowess there, Storm? Nah, they got the job done. They clearly don't have their sea legs and they spread themselves out too much. Let that big bastard summon his pet puddle. Yeah, they did okay. Needs work. So if you had to grade them, would you give them a high C? Oh, Kip, that's just... <laughs> the gray moon rules the night sky and the fog is clearing, but danger may still lie onward for the mortal dawn. They've been off the grid for a while, so they may return to a warm homecoming or a big stack of legal paperwork. Why not both? Uh, right you are, Storm, if they even make it there. Find out next time on the League of Ultimate Questing. So let's go around the table real quick, starting uh, with Sam. I'm Sam. I play Arvid, the Drubarb. I'm Michael. I play Haruthax, the Dragonborn Warlock. I'm Alante, and I play Krist, the Crystalline Sorcerer. I am Zach Barkas. I play Artyom Volkov, the Cleric of Sun and Suffering. I am also the Editor, Producer, and Technical Director for Slapdash Studios. My name is Law. I'm the Dungeon Master, and I am the Creative Director of Slapdash Studios. 
Awesome. Uh, wicked, super cool, great. So, I want to thank everybody for joining us on the League of Ultimate Questing. Uh, as you know, uh, new episodes go live every Monday and bonus content every Friday. Uh, you can listen to us at theluq.com or wherever podcasts are available. If you have any questions for the show or are interested in advertising opportunities or have ideas for fake ads, you can contact us at admin at slapdashstudios.com. Uh, go ahead and follow us on social media like Facebook or Twitter and Instagram at Slap the Dash. And uh, if you enjoyed this podcast, please share it with your friends as so we can all keep growing and questing together. And also, um, we have a Pride t-shirt available mm-hmm. right now as well as a our standard t-shirt. Uh, the Pride t-shirt has a coupon yeah, Pride code. Pride 2019. Pride 2019 to get uh, $2 off on that. And we've just got a lot of new stuff coming out. We've got our Patreon launching here and our Discord coming out to be public. So I'm super excited about all that. But until next time, we wish you luck.